walk up to you right now and put this microphone in your face and say, who is Jesus, what would you say? No, really, like, I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to put this in your face. I'm going to say, who is Jesus? What would you say? What words would you use to describe who Jesus is? What phrases maybe come to mind? The reason I ask this question is because today we're going to look at this question of who is Jesus and why does it matter? And so I thought it would be kind of fun to actually look at some responses of people who had a microphone put in their face and were asked, who is Jesus? So we're going to watch people who did this in New York City. Check out this video. Historical figure? I don't know. I think he was just a person. I don't know. Just a normal person like us. He was a selfless person. I have no clue. He was a man. I think he was marketing genius because he got people to believe him. I don't I don't think he's the son of God. I don't believe that at all. If David Copperfield was in the day of Jesus, he would be Jesus. I'm pretty sure he existed. Like, I'm not going to say that he didn't exist. He was God's son, but so was Gandhi, and so was Muhammad, and so was, you know, we're all God's children. Jesus is someone I pray to. Well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, um, and he, to me, is the, like, symbol of just ultimate forgiveness and ultimate love. He's sort of that, like, constant figure in my life. Jesus is also Isa in Arabic, and he was a messenger as well. He was just extremely enlightened, like, religiously and morally. Was somebody that um, just tried to um, impart wisdom on others and um, make the world a better place. I think he saw something that a lot of people didn't see and still don't see in others. And I, I think that's just a lot of love and, and hope. You know, listening to these responses, it really gets you thinking, doesn't it? These are real perspectives. These are real answers. You know, was Jesus just a good guy who gave great advice? Was Jesus a, a magician because he, he performed miracles? Is Jesus just this really enlightened figure who is Jesus? Now, today we're gathered together to worship Jesus, and so I suspect that our answers would be a little different than most of the answers we heard there. You know, if I was to ask you, who is Jesus? You might say, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is my friend. But I think that if we really are honest with ourselves, we often don't really wrestle with this question of who is Jesus? Maybe a quick answer comes to our mind, but I think that, you know, answers like we heard today, sometimes that can actually almost breed insecurity in us. Like, yeah, who is Jesus, and why does it actually matter that I know who he is? You know, when Jesus was here on earth, he made some pretty bold statements about who he is. The first one is found in John 14, 6, and it says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, th this is pretty bold. I want you to think about this. Jesus says, I am the way to where? Is he the only way? Jesus says, I am the truth. You know, just take one quick scroll on your social media and you'll see that my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. And the only universal truth is that there is no universal truth. All truth is relative. And yet Jesus says that he is the truth. And then Jesus says, I'm the life. You know, most of us, we want to control our lives. We, we want to make sure that we have a good life. What does it mean when Jesus says, he is 
the life. You know, we live in this world where, you know, it's filled with tolerance and it's filled with problems and it's filled with lies and it's filled with promises of the good life. And yet what we are going to discover in this journey that we're about to take is that when we embrace Jesus and his way and his truth and his life, we can experience true transformation. And today I'm going to start us off on this journey and we are going to look at who is Jesus and why it matters. Now, there's two reasons we want to do this. We want to know who Jesus is for our own relationship with Jesus, for our own transformation. This is going to have an actual impact on your everyday life. But we also want to have this conversation today because we want to be able to engage in the world around us with people who believe differently than we do, who don't yet see Jesus for who he fully is. I hope you have people in your life who don't yet know Jesus. Do you? We actually want to be able to engage the world in a conversation about who Jesus is and why it matters. That's one of the incredible things about being one of his disciples. Who you know Jesus to be and how you understand who he is, it deeply impacts your life. Now, at first glance, you might be like, does it? I, I don't know. I'm not quite connecting the dots here. I mean, I know like Jesus is important, but... I'm not quite sure I understand the importance of understanding fully who he is. Without understanding who Jesus is, we won't know who we are. These two things are deeply connected with one another. And I'm going to unpack that for us today. You see, we believe that Jesus is both the foundation and the fountain of our faith. What that means is that he builds our lives and then he fills our lives. What we believe about Jesus actually affects our behavior. So when we have faith in Jesus, that should produce fruit in our lives. And so today we want to talk, we want to explore this topic of who is Jesus and why does it matter? And I have two goals for us today. The first is that I want to give us context. And the second is I want to give you confidence as you wrestle and you grow in your understanding of who Jesus is during this new series. So this is a big goal. So I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to be the teacher today. And so Holy Spirit, we do just welcome you here. We welcome you to be the teacher, God, as we look at your book and we see what you've said about your son, Jesus. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so who is Jesus? Well, this is not a new question. In fact, the, the people who were with Jesus in the first century who were following him, who were witnessing his miracles, they were also asking the question of who is Jesus? And you know what's so amazing about the Bible, which is our textbook for today? It has four biographies of Jesus's life. And those are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you know what, during this whole series, during this month of October, where we look at this person of Jesus in our series, I want to encourage you, go to the Gospels, read about Jesus. If you don't have a reading plan right now, that would be a great place to start. We're going to be in Matthew 16 today, and I want to set up the scene for us, because Jesus is, is traveling with his disciples, and they come to a place called Caesarea Philippi. And I actually have a picture of the ancient ruins there. Now, this was an interesting place because there was a lot of religious um, historical importance to this location. Historians discovered that actually this was a place of uh, Syrian worship for the, for the god Baal. 
And when they actually go, went back in many years later, they found 14 different temples in this place. This is a place where people went to worship their gods and know their gods. And it is at this location that Jesus engages the disciples in a very interesting conversation about who he is. And so I'm going to take us there right now. This is Matthew 16, 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So what is Jesus saying here and what's he actually doing? You know, it, it appears that Jesus deliberately goes to a place of religious significance in all the splendor and the wonder of the religions of the world. And he says to his disciples, who do you think I am? He's comparing himself in this very significant location. He's asking them, he says, hey, what's the word on the street? Who, who do people think that the son of man is? And there he's referring to himself. And his disciples say, well, you know, there's some confusion. You know, some people think that maybe you're John the Baptist or maybe you're one of the prophets reborn. You know, they're not really sure who you are. And then Jesus zeroes in and he says, but who do you say I am? And I believe that this is actually a question that Jesus is asking every single one of us today. Who do you say that I am? And it is Simon Peter who says, you are the son of the living God. And in this moment, this is a profound moment, what Peter is actually saying is he's saying that you are both man and you are God. And this is going to change everything. And Jesus says to him, you're right. But human teachers did not reveal this to you. My Father in heaven revealed it to you. Now, as a teacher and preacher who's, you know, organizing this series, I just took a big sigh of relief. Because I am not the one who's going to reveal the truth about Jesus to you. It is your Father in heaven who is going to reveal to you who Jesus is. But this truth, it changes, it really changes everything. And we're going to spend a little bit of time unpacking what that actually means. So the question we're asking ourselves today is, who do you say I am? And what Peter says in this moment, he says, you are both God and you are man. And so we're going to jump in and we're going to explore this idea of Jesus's divinity and his humanity. Now, before I get started, I just have to preface this to say that in church history, there have been a lot of arguments and a lot of debate about this whole topic. In fact, there were some arguments that lasted over 100 years. And so today I don't have time to unpack all of that story, but I know some of you are learners. And so I want to encourage you, the Bible Project, which we've shown their videos before, they have an awesome website. I want to encourage you, you can go onto their website and they have a whole series called The Son of Man, blogs and podcasts and things like that. And so I'm going to give you a short you know, a short little taste of it. And today I want to focus in more on what we believe and how that then affects us as we think about Jesus's divinity and his humanity. Okay, so what we believe, we believe that Jesus is the revelation of both God and man. And what that means is that he both reflects and reveals who God is and then who we are. 
Now, theologically, we believe in something called the doctrine of incarnation. Now, don't let that word scare you. Incarnation simply means to take on flesh, to carnate. And what it says is this, that Jesus is 100% God, and Jesus is 100% man. Now, we find this truth backed up in Scripture. So I want to take us right now to Colossians 2.9. And this is the Apostle Paul preaching and teaching here. And he says this, For in him, that's Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, God, dwells bodily. What does this mean? This is a bold, airtight declaration of the full deity or divinity of Jesus. What this is saying right here is that since all of the fullness of the deity dwells in Jesus, Jesus isn't half God or God Jr. or diet God. He is fully God. God took himself and he put himself, all of himself, into the human Jesus. And everything within God could be contained in Jesus. And so we believe that Jesus is 100% God. Now, at the same time, we also believe that Jesus is 100% man. And we can go to 1 Timothy 2, 5, and hear the scripture. Again, Paul says this, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Interestingly, Paul is actually echoing John 14, 6 here. He's saying that there is one God, And there is one Jesus, and Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is 100% man. Now, what does all of this mean, right? It means this. When we look at Jesus, we can understand who God is and who we are. And these are two of the greatest questions of life, right? Who, Who is God and who am I? And the answer is found in the person of Jesus. This is why it's so important if I put a microphone in your face that you could actually articulate who Jesus is because Jesus shows us who God is and Jesus shows us who we are. You know, so often we have a skewed view of God. You know, we think of God as like this this guy upstairs somewhere in the clouds, and he's got white hair, and he's got a gavel, and he's pretty angry, and he's ready to bop someone on the head if they've done something wrong. We don't see God who, as a father who, who's ready to help, who's willing to help, who has the power to help. And so what ends up happening is we have this very skewed view of God, and of course that directly affects our relationship with God, but you know what else it does? It makes it really unappealing to the world. I'm convinced that actually the world is not hungry for Jesus because they do not know who Jesus is. Because if you know who Jesus is, if you know what he actually does in you and through you, you're forever changed. And so I think it's actually so important that we as the church wrestle with this question, who is Jesus? It should matter. It should change us. And that's part of the reason we're having this whole conversation We want to actually be able to give away, to extend the miraculous into the world. And we won't be able to do that if we don't actually fully understand who Jesus is and why it matters. You know, we want to have a clearer view of who God is, and Jesus gives us that view. Let's go to Colossians 1.15. This is one of my favorite verses. Again, the Apostle Paul writes, he, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. 
I know, so, so often it's hard, you know, you, we, because we can't see God, it's hard to relate to him and he, hear this truth. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So Jesus is everything we need to know about God. And what do we see in Jesus? We see that he welcomes the broken. He forgives the worst sinner. He heals the hurting. Jesus didn't come to save us from the Father. Jesus came to save us to the Father. And this little change makes a huge difference. Jesus shows us a compassionate and loving and humble and kind and powerful person. And this is actually who God is. Jesus is 100% God. Now, at the same time, in this beautiful mystery, we believe that Jesus is 100% man. Now, have you ever thought about Jesus' humanity before? It's just like, allow yourself to think about this for a moment. You know, Jesus had a body. He ate a picnic of, of bread and fish. He drank wine at a wedding. He fell asleep during a storm. I mean, he had to go to the bathroom. He, he sweated. He had all the human things, right? He, he lived in a family. He had parents. He had siblings. Gasp, he had chores. <laughs> he lived in relationship with people. He had friendships. He was lied about. He was betrayed. He was beaten. He was killed. He experienced all the ranges of human emotions and human life. And this is actually really, really important. Because when we understand the assignment that Jesus had, then we can actually understand that he has walked through everything we are going to walk through. And he wants to now walk with us and in us. Okay, I want to take us to another verse. And listen, I know I'm using a lot of verses, and this is my hope. My hope is that throughout this whole journey, you would know that Holy Spirit is an amazing teacher. And you can go back and you can re-listen and you can look at these verses because there's so much depth here. I'm going to go to John 1, 1. This was Jesus' assignment. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was, God, was with God and the Word was God. Now you read that and you think, oh, it's beautiful, it's poetic. I'm not quite sure what it means. The word for word there... That is a very special sentence, I will say. The word for word is logos, and that is living word. And right there, they're talking about Jesus. Now let's skip down to verse 10, and let's read what his assignment was. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not, of a physical, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, that's Jesus, and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So what this is saying here is that Jesus came into the world. He became one of us so that if we believe in him, and we receive him, we can now become one of God's children. We can become like Jesus. He comes and he indwells in us. He makes his home among us and within us. And this was, this was his assignment. His assignment was to come, to go to the cross, to rise again, to defeat the enemy, to free us from sin for once and for all, to give us a brand new identity where we can actually experience transformation. This was Jesus' job. 
Because he incarnated, because he became one of us, we get to go through this life knowing that everything we experience, Jesus has already gone through. You are not alone. He is ready to give you everything you need, and he actually now lives inside you so that you can do this together. Now, I get it. This can be complex, and this can be complicated. I can look at some of your faces. And I, I, can, I can just hear like, you know, like, oh, I, I was coming to church today and I was just really hoping she was going to give me a chicken nugget. I just needed, I needed a little nugget. And now I'm confused and I'm not even sure what I believe in. And let me tell you something today. This is not a chicken nugget. This is a pot roast. Okay, this actually has layer and it has depth and it takes time and you actually have to marinate in this. And, you know, when I was a kid, I had to chew meat a long time. Anybody else? Like, you know, this might take a little bit of time to chew, but actually, this is the truth. Knowing who Jesus is is going to change your life. He is 100% God. He is 100% man. And this is so important because he's not just an example for us. He is an example of us. When we look at Jesus, we know who God is and we know who we are. Everybody's asking this, like, who am I? Who am I? Guess what? Jesus tells you who you are. Jesus tells you who you are. You have been built. You have been built to reflect him to the world. And what I love is that what Jesus actually does is Jesus takes our humanity and divinity and he combines them together. You know, I think so often we think to ourselves that God's up there and he's kind of like, oh, I mean, these, these humans down here, I mean, it's the best I could do. <laughs> He created us in his image. Our divinity, our, our humanity is actually a vehicle for his divinity. It's not an obstacle. It's not an obstacle. Actually, our humanity is what he moves through to get his life and power into the world around us. So listen, when we know Jesus, when we actually know him, we know who God is and we know who we are. And this can change everything. This is why it's so important. Okay. Wow. Off the notes, who cares? Okay. I just want to say, this is not an invitation to more information. This is an invitation actually to intimacy. You know, we can get, like when we were, we're like, okay, Jesus, he's the key. Okay, I'm going to study him. I'm going I'm to learn about him. I'm going to imitate him. That's I'm going to WWJD. We're going to bring it back. Actually, is anyone else horrified by the fashion lately? Because I am just like, it is all coming back. But you know what we don't want to bring back? We don't want to bring back WWJD. Okay, here's why we don't. Because we actually don't want to imitate, we want to participate. Okay, so where, where we got like, it, you know, in kind of a, a tough place with WWJD is it was like, okay, I've got to do it just like Jesus instead of actually realizing, actually, Jesus has moved inside. I now live in union with him. It's now his spirit alive in me that allows me to participate instead of imitate. Okay, I, I want to I read a passage, actually, from my mom's book, Wrecked for God, Diane Lehman. We, we read this in the spring. If you did not know, Diane Lehman is my mom, um, but I do call them mom and dad from time to time, so not to confuse you, but let me tell you, when we actually understand, <clears throat> when we actually understand that Jesus lives in us and we start to try to walk out this life of the way and the truth and the life, it's just like the glory of the Lord, the rain. That's what you're hearing. We'll, we'll take it, Lord. Okay, this is what can happen 
if we aren't careful. It says, to those who want to obey Jesus, love like Jesus, and live as he instructs, have succumbed to the tyranny and, dare I say, tragic consequences of trying to imitate Christ. Attempted imitation equals failure and frustration. Jesus did not suffer, die, and defeat death and the devil so that we can now attempt to imitate him with a bit of willpower. Jesus finished all the work that needed to be done in order to provide us with something far better than an example to follow or a template to try. Jesus invites us into actual participation with him, into union with him, where his life infuses ours, and together we not only overcome temptation, but we also enjoy a full and abundant life. This is who Jesus is. We are invited into partnership with him. I'm going to take us to one more passage today. I'm going to take us to 2 Peter. This is Peter. Peter, the disciple who said, you are the son of God. And now this is way later. Like, he says he's the son of God, and then he makes all those mistakes. Remember, he denies Jesus three times. All of us are on a journey of understanding who Jesus is, and that understanding should grow and change over time. But this is actually what Peter says in 2 Peter 1. He says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped corrupt desires that are of the world. Other, other verses say it like this, that we are now partakers of the divine nature. You see, everything that you already need in life has already been deposited in you through Jesus. This means you already have everything you need to reveal and reflect him to the world. And now we are invited through these incredible priceless promises. We're invited to transformation. Jesus is saying, actually, what happens is that we join together. You now partner with the divine. Your humanity is not a roadblock. It's a road. And now together, we get to participate in this life together. And your, my Holy Spirit then produces fruit in your life. It produces joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. It's because of this partnership. It's not imitation. It's participation. And this is who Jesus is and why it fully matters. We are called to live a life of participation. We know that Jesus is an example of us. He is what we are supposed to be. And so I wanted to end our time together today by just giving you a couple of real-life examples how this actually plays out in my life so that as you're thinking about your life, because you know what? Some of you, again, you might be thinking, I'm not quite sure, but... Are you tired? Are you overwhelmed? Have you been betrayed? Is work hard? All of these things, all of these things, they actually all go into this whole idea of who Jesus is and who we understand him to be. So let me just tell you a story. So a couple weeks ago, I was having a really hard week. It was like one of those weeks that was emotionally and physically and spiritually, like you know the week, paint the picture in your mind. And I really just wanted to escape. 
Like when it's hard, I want to escape. I wanted to go somewhere warm. I wanted to leave all my responsibility, especially my children, behind. And let me just tell you, I was just a delight to be around that week. You know, because you've, you've 100% done this to people in your life. And you know, here's the thing, like when I don't know who Jesus is, you know what I try to do? Willpower. Okay, I'm going to just dig really deep. And then all the junk just kind of leaks out of you because you're just squeezed. Okay, or my other favorite friend, self-pity, where I'm like, oh, my life is terrible. It's never going to get better. You've done this too. But instead, I said, okay, Jesus, who, who are you and who am I? And you know what he told me? He told me to go to bed early. <laughs> I mean, really, though? Like, the Lord does give some pretty clear instructions like this. And then I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to not set my alarm in the morning. I'm going to sleep in. That's going to solve the problems. And he said to me, I actually need you to set your alarm because we need to wake up and talk. And I said, okay, Jesus. And what I did was I didn't force myself out of this bad week. I just actually allowed Jesus who lives within me to rebalance me, to recalibrate me, to show me all the things I needed to be grateful for, to just say, okay, Lord, it's all yours anyway. I didn't get it done, but you, you're, you're still king, and I actually serve you. You see, Jesus, he actually sees our weakness. He sees our vulnerability. He knows who you are, and he actually wants to walk you through the everyday of life. Who is Jesus? He is an example of me, and I am not an imitator. I am a participator in his kingdom. Okay, one more example. So a couple months ago, I was at an event, and I was talking with someone who I don't know super well. But um, this person had very different views than me, very different. And they were someone who they wanted to tell me every view they had. Now, I was very tempted to be, you know, like, but instead I just heard the Holy Spirit say, just listen. You know, so often people actually just need someone to listen. So I listened, and as this person was talking, out of their mouth just kind of stumbles that their family member is gravely ill. And I can't help it. Out of my mouth comes, can I pray for you right now? And the person was just like, huh? And I just said, hey, I just believe that Jesus wants to heal your family member, and could, would you let me pray? And this person agreed. And here's the thing, you know, Jesus lives inside me. He should come out of me. I was created to reflect and reveal the glory of Jesus. And this is actually the testimony that we have to give to the world. And so I actually view my humanity, you know, I kind of wanted to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You should just not say that. I stopped and I actually allowed divine partnership to happen. And I don't know what happened with that family member, but I know that I was obedient. I actually know that Jesus is an example of me. And my job is not to imitate him. My job is to participate with him. And that's all of our jobs. And so we're on this beautiful uh, journey of who is Jesus. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your actions. I want you to think about your relationships and your coming and your going. Who is Jesus and why does it matter? Jesus shows us who God is and Jesus shows us who we are. And we want to be on this journey of growing and understanding that Jesus is truly an example of us. And so it's going to be an adventure as we look at Jesus's ways, his truth, and his life. But he is a super faithful teacher. Yeah, I just, just the rain, like I just, can we stand? We're going to go into worship. 
I just like, I, I sense just the spirit, like he's here. And he's here for this area. He's here for Champaign-Urbana and the surrounding areas. And you guys, there are so many people in each of our lives who don't know who Jesus is. Jesus wants you to know him, but he also wants this area to know him. And God, just as the rain falls, God, we just say yes to the journey that you have us on, Jesus. We say yes to the place that you've, that you've put us. And God, just as this rain comes down from heaven, God, just rain down your revelation now about who you are and how that changes not only us, but this area and this community, Jesus. We want everything you have for us. Come now as we worship you. And yeah, we just say, Jesus, you are king. And I, I just want to encourage you today, however you want to worship, if you want to spread out around this auditorium, we just give you freedom and permission after um, they, we worship, I'll come up and we'll do some prayer, but Jesus is here. Woo!